Hey, welcome to Opinionated Creators. <laughs> Jesus, that one started off so slow. Welcome to, you're listening to Opinionated Creators. This is Jay and Kay. Hey. Here we're on another episode of Creative Day Tuesdays. Today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey man, you really fucked up that intro, I have to say. I did, but you know what's hitting this blunt? This blunt it's fine. really hit. Yeah, we're high. Um... But yeah, so uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, very enjoyable film. I love that movie. Uh, it's funny because I feel like I say that in every one of these videos. I just love like Marvel. I don't want to tear some down of the- DC, but Marvel and Disney and people over there, they do a really great fucking job with telling at stories. what they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's hard to have to hate for me to hate a Marvel movie because mm-hmm. I don't hate any other Marvel movies. There's some movies that I like less Except than Ang others. Lee's Hulk. Get the fuck out of here. That ain't no goddamn Marvel movie. <laughs> 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 fucking, I mean, MCU movie. Let me even phrase the fuck out of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> don't throw that. That movie used to give me aneurysm. Like you just gave me an aneurysm because I just like harking <laughs> back to fucking Banner and Hulk fighting it out in the dream space looking in the mirror like i hated that part although it did make me jump kind of scared the fuck out of me i wasn't expecting hulk's big ass hand right to grab that <laughs> anyways fuck guardians yeah guardians talk okay, about a so better marvel the movie. first the first thing that i wanted to bring up is that this film um it introduces a new perspective of space we've seen space before because of the thor uh mm-hmm. like you know thor one um, but even we, if we've only it was seen his brief, little corner. Yeah, we've only know. seen his little corner, which is a very isolated yeah, corner, as like, we find out. Exactly. Um, where Guardians of the Galaxy is very galactic mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sense. Um, it felt really like oh, it's going to be so hard because DC just needs to. It, it felt really like a Green Lantern esque movie or like. Like what a Green Lantern movie should should have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what the Green Lantern movie should have been. A Green Lantern movie should be like... It should be in space. It should be in space. And it should be the feeling of a cop. Like yeah. you, the, the, the benefit of Green Lantern is that you can go light buddy cop comedy or well, because dark. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're cops. They're yeah. space cops. They're space cops. So they deal with everyday cop shit, and then they deal with like detective stuff, and then they deal with like big case case things where like conspiracy stuff and yeah. shit like that. So it's like you have so, it's, so many possibilities. I've always said that Green Lantern is works better where it's like um it's like Star Wars or Star Trek meets like uh uh Lethal Weapon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you it's you can have those two lantern partners and have make it be a buddy cop film and throw in a big conspiracy type deal, you know, and just and let fucking loose. Dude, yeah. these, are two, these are these are powerful ass space cops with with a weapon on their hand that lets them create anything and everything. And it's like you can go anywhere on the scale of neighborhood troubles yeah. to planetary troubles. To cosmic galactic scale troubles. It, it, exactly. 
And it's like, why limit yourself to the neighborhood? Exactly. <laughs> it was exactly. like, who gives a shit gives about a shit? Hal Jordan's love life? On Earth. Like, on dude, Earth. get your ass in space and fight Sinestro for fuck's sake. He barely care about his love life <laughs> on real. Earth. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Which is why she becomes a, a, a lantern herself. Star Sapphire. I love how this was supposed to be a Guardians movie. A yeah. Guardians video. Well, space and everything. <laughs> space, so, yeah. The Guardians, they they introduced the, a new idea of space mm-hmm. and the exploration of space. Um, we get introduced to uh, Nova and or not Nova, Nova the character, the Nova Core, but the Nova Core, which Marvel fans will know that Nova, Richard Ryder, and or Sam Alexander, or I'm I'm going to assume soon to be Sam Alexander. If this is like essentially Earth's first generations of heroes, then I'm going to assume Sam hasn't donned the helmet yet. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's they definitely said if. I think it's when we see that see him in Guardians Three, but they mm-hmm. Gunn said if we see Nova in Guardians Three, it'll definitely be Richard Ryder's Nova. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, we 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 get introduced to Xandar, a whole nother like you know uh, <laughs> civilization other than Earth. Yeah. Which in time will get introduced a whole to a whole new other galactic civilization. And Xandar that- got it popping. Yeah, I mean, because like Xandar is, is Xandar like a is, collection of all races that just came together. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Xandar is kind of like the Galactic America. They're like the Confederacy, like they're like. Or, yeah, well, I don't want to say it's the a mixing but it's like, of it's a mixing pot of like yeah. Exactly, and, and it's like that's that's why that, Ronan hates that place so fucking much. Yeah, who's part of a whole nother civilization, the Kree, yeah, civilization, the Kree civilization, which is very monarchy. Yeah, um, and and it comes to to show that there's. Very like when you when you deal with like civilization and elitists and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and and it's like they really did their research mm-hmm. with uh with guardians um because one one of my favorite theoretical scientists uh Michio Kaku um classifies civilizations in five levels and it's all based on your ability to produce renewable energy right um where Earth would be technically uh like our planet earth in our like you know universe world world level zero almost level one because we don't have a renewable like sustainable renewable energy source that we planetarily just use we have various ones but we use predominantly fossil fuels and because we use predominantly fossil fuels we are a level zero civilization in advanced civilization classifications but then you have uh where earth is currently in the mcu now they're a level one because they have reactor tech mm-hmm. uh all throughout you know the planet because of tony right um and then you have xandar who is i would say you don't maybe think like earth- a level two you don't think Earth would be higher than a level one? Because like aside from Tony, now we're there in 2023. You know, alien tech has permeated that. See, now, yeah, now they're they're probably teetering towards a level two. Right. But I'd still as say of right now, as of right now. Because like I believe a civilization using something like a Dyson sphere is like uh level three, level four, which would be Nebula Delir and the dwarves. And the whole star that created Mjolnir, yeah. that they crafted Mjolnir at. And Stormbreaker. And, and Stormbreaker. 
Odin that's, staff was that's crafted what there. scientists would call a Dyson sphere. And it's essentially uh, you building a structure around a star and harnessing the energy, the natural energy that that star creates and harnessing that for, for yourself, um, which the dwarves clearly do to create weapons. Um, so it's like, I would say because Asgard protects them, they would be classified as maybe like a level five civilization, which is super hyper advanced, which is why they have warp drives that they can control with swords, uh, <laughs> hammers that they can like summon lightning with in, in shit that just seems like magic because their understanding of the universe in itself is just deeper and just wiser. Right. Um, they're older civilizations, so they're more advanced. And so their ability to interact with the, with the universe is vastly different. Take right. the, the celestials and the, the idea of the birth of the universe that we get introduced to in Guardians of the Galaxy. We, we get showed glyphs, a small glance. I don't even want to say a glimpse because I want to use glyphs afterwards, but we get a little glance at glyphs, uh, of, uh, death. Entropy, uh, infinity, and uh, eternity. eternity. Um, the creators of the MCU, essentially, yeah. or rather, the Infinity Stones, the the ingots that created the universe, multiverse, really, right? The multiverse, yeah. Which I would speculate the Infinity Stones are the multiversal. The Infinity Stones that we see in the MCU are the multiversal equivalent of all Infinity Stones in Marvel multiverse. I only say that because these are one of the few Infinity Stones, unless they're going off a recent continuity, that can cross over different timelines and universes. Because if Tony was able to snap Thanos out of all realities, that means you hopped over to different universes and killed Thanos. And if the Infinity Stones were that powerful, they must be the multiversal equivalent, like Eternity has multiple versions in each universe, but he has a well, multiversal yeah, hole. I think what the thing is, it's like, because they have War of the Realms going in the comics right now, and that's what they kind of did when Gamora went all ape shit, and, mm -hmm. or Infinity Wars that led into War of the Realms. Um, Infinity Wars, actually. Uh, when Gamora went ape shit, killed Thanos, blah, 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 and folded the world in on itself and threw the heroes into the soul world or whatever. Like, Loki created and recreated Infinity Watch. He got the Infinity Stones from the soul world mm -hmm. and exited the soul world, and it was still able to be used in the mainstream. Because like you like you said, only each, each uh, universe has its own set of stones, and they yeah. can only work in that set universe. Mm -hmm. So for the fact that Loki was able to get the soul stone, which is itself, the soul world's soul stones, which in itself is its own universe, mm -hmm. exit that universe, come into 616 and still able to warp reality and shit like that in 616. I think it's a, a little bit of both of what you're saying, um, that they're most likely... Pulling from current pulling comics. From current comics and mixing them with MCU flair and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's the, the biggest benefit with Guardians in introducing the aspect of space or rather a different area of space, a wider area of space. We actually get to see the origins of 
space. Yeah. Um, we get told the origins by one of the oldest beings. Well, he doesn't seem like one of the oldest beings in existence, but by one of the oldest beings in existence, the collector. Because in the comics, he's uh, an elder of the universe. Yes. So. Um, which is how he knows of the the birth of this universe and has actual visuals of celestials destroying the the universe prior. Exactly. Um, and it, and it comes to show like you really have to stick to your genres. Like you have to know your genres and know what you can introduce in those genres and stick to that because that's where your story is. Right. Um. This film, we actually get Thanos as a more prominent role in in yeah. the film, even not if it a, is not just a creep. Yeah, and not just looking at the camera. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, smiling. Um, like we <laughs> challenge them, Mister Court Death. Which one thing they will get in that in Avengers? That was one thing that was never touched on. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll touch on it more, but just a quick. They definitely want to do the whole Thanos and death thing, mm-hmm. but like once uh, can't remember the last guy, but once they exited him out and brought Josh in, Whedon. yeah, we didn't. Once they exited Whedon out and brought in Russo's, Russo was like, yeah, like that's the stupidest thing. Because even me, I always thought that was stupid. Like you're trying to kill the the fucking universe, universe to get with her. Like she don't even want you, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it, it, it would have definitely made him more two dimensional. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it calls into question: How will we get introduced to death? Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Deadpool now. Probably. Most I, I can I can see it as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like she's not necessarily a character that interacts with anybody. To be quite truthful, the most the only person she's really seemed to care for and inter- like at least likes to interact with is Deadpool. Yeah, but it's like the question is is like, and that's only because he's literally like, she literally really can't hoping, obtain him. And this is this is really for Avengers talk. But I was really really hoping that we got. Um, Thanos facing judgment or and being surrounded by all the uh, uh, celestials oh, at the end of Endgame or and, and, yeah, in for Endgame, for in, yeah, yeah, like like it happened in the comics. I was really hoping for that um, for that shot where the Living Tribunal is. There's a there's a shot in the panels uh, in in the Infinity Gauntlet saga uh, that essentially has eternity the living tribe has all of them they're in the white room all the celestials in the white room and they're just surrounding thanos as the living tribunal is about to cast his judgment and i thought it would have been the greatest like little snippet just to like you know introduce but it turns out that giant cg character was (laughs) ant-man so totally okay with the the ant-man scene though I mean, that was jokes. He decked the Leviathan right in the face. Yeah, one shot the Leviathan. That was so hilarious. Yeah, and then he 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 squished Call Obsidian like a fucking cockroach, like an ant. Like the the fact <laughs> the fact when you go rewatch it, like you can see the body like concave. Yep, and he which is tw- really like yep, he twists his foot and everything. Yeah, it's so disrespectful. It really was. <laughs> um. So one of the last points that I wanted to bring up uh, is that this film plays with the idea of um, with the chosen one versus uh, anyone. Right. Um, but we're going to pick up with this point in part two. Uh, so stay tuned with part two. Yeah.
Okay, so welcome back to part two, kind of a short break. Um, but like I said, one of the uh, last things that we were talking about was the Guardians and how they introduced the origins. We actually get to see the origins of the universe, even if it's brief. We get a glimpse of very important entities in the universe right. uh, and their role with the Infinity Stones, which is uh, the subplot to the or the main plot for the avengers but the subplot to the mcu right um when it comes to how they play out their individual movies uh so in other words the subplot to guardians um so last part one i had brought up um one of the one of the last points that i wanted to bring up was that the film plays with the idea of the chosen one versus anyone um and and what I mean by that is you mean Anakin Skywalker's running around them see you somewhere? No. <laughs> no. Um because let me say they would have some, some shit cut out for them if Darth Vader's running around. You know not until Gene steps on the floor. Really? Really. Okay, are we talking about it doesn't matter. Cyborg uh, Darth Vader or like still like, you know, like before he gets chopped up by by Obi-Wan, Darth Vader. It doesn't matter. I don't know, man. You're talking about one of the most powerful telepaths who doesn't even need to breathe to think. I don't know, man, but Anakin's the chosen one, man. Anakin is the chosen one, but Gene is part of the Phoenix Force. Well, <laughs> see, that, see, no. See, then you got to be specific. Because if you're talking about G, you got to be like, well, when she's possessed by the Phoenix Force. Okay, so even without the Phoenix Force, though, I would still say that she she's still an Omega-level mutant. She can control her telekinesis on a molecular level. I don't think she... Has she been classified as an Omega-level? Yes. Let me look this up. Charles shit. classified her as an Omega-level... Charles ain't shit. The Xavier Protocols. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> She's an Omega level before the Phoenix Force. You know what? All I got to say about Charles is that from the looks of it, all the women over there be doing most of the saving. So he should really contemplate changing it from X-Men to X-Women. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on top of it. <laughs> Anyways. It's the, chosen the one versus everyone. Okay. Yeah. The, the film plays <laughs> the idea of chosen one versus anyone. Um, and by this, I mean... Peter's lineage is literally how they saved the galaxy in this film. Yeah. And though we don't know it, it's why he's able to pick up the stone. Mm-hmm. And even though he and can't... And it for so long. Yeah. Even though he can't take on its full amplification of the power and needs four other people to help him, he's still able to hold it. But the fact that he held it for 30 plus seconds before they even grabbed on. Exactly. And this is I mean, Because this he's is holding it while he's having a trance thinking about his mom. Yeah. While the whole time Gamora's like, oh, take my hand, take my hand. Yeah. Like, bitch, just grab his hand. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, we we get this, uh, this really play into, into function that not anybody can pick up the power stone is when this alien girl being held by the collector, which is wild, yeah. beyond fucked up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
she, she she knew what she was getting herself into. I mean, no, when, when she, she probably abducted when paid she, somebody to take her so that he can add her to her collection. She he's, should she she's should, the last of her race. She should well, she shouldn't have been the last one. No. <laughs> she shouldn't have been the last of her race. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, actually, no, no, no. She wasn't the last of her race. She no, was a cleaning kidding. girl. She was a cleaning girl. Yeah. No, that, but you know what? She was a cleaning girl, but remember, Collector had one of her homegirls. In one of the cages. Oh, so they must have been the last two. Remember? Yeah, that's right. Because she was like, one of them picked up he was the stone like, he was and like, they, he was got, like, they got destroyed. Remember, he was like, your race has elbows, so why don't you use them? <laughs> or you'll end up like whatever whatever the fuck her name was. And like the camera zoom. Like, it's just her just like, oh, sad. <laughs> in the fucking glass case. And like, the old girl was like, man, fuck this shit, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it really plays home with the idea of that not anybody can hold the power of an infinity stone. Definitely. And in that this power is extremely destructive. Mm-hmm. Um and it's Peter's lineage that literally allows him to survive. It's it's immense that we find out that he has lineage tied to celestials. Mm-hmm. He's has small celestial. G, son. <laughs> yeah, small G, not lowercase. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, essentially, they're lesser gods. <laughs> like, like that's that's your grandfather. That's your grandfather. Yeah. So I I say that he goes on the level of like Odin. Mm. Maybe Odin is like a little bit higher. Like in power wise. Yeah, power wise, like he's stronger than than ego. But in classification. I'm not, I, I'm not the. Uh, I think that I'm gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. I don't think so. Yeah, because ego's more because like ego's a, a, I'm a pretend to be a god. Yeah, I mean, even even that, like, but we're, like we're talking like MCU ego. So until like they say otherwise in continuity that he's not a, a lesser, like a, a lesser god or a small g god. That's not that's not even what I'm, I mean. Like you're saying in power wise, right? That Odin would rank higher than ego. So that's that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. The reason why I say no is because like, like you got you, you still got to realize like Eco, even though Eco is one of the less you know powerful celestials, he still is a celestial. You know what I mean? I understand this, but I mean he can create avatars of himself. He can energy blast. He matter manipulation. All that. All of the stuff that Odin can do with the Odin Force. I mean he. Like the virtue of Thor's power in itself exists because of Odin Force. Yeah, I, I, like I said, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that. I don't, I don't think. I mean, the Odin Force is powerful, yeah, but to take on ego, like full prime ego, I that, mean, that planted his seed. I across, mean, Star Lord did, but that's his son. That's literally his DNA. Of course, you know what I mean. I don't know, cause like what it what it broiled down to it, it, it and not to mention Star Lord like, was tapping into his own, you know, ego's own power to defeat him. Yeah, he was, but to defeat ego, you just had to destroy his core, of which I think Odin is capable of. Maybe I don't know. It'd be a fight, and I'm not saying it'd be a blowout. That's why. That's why I think Odin is a little bit like, even if not a little bit more powerful. But the Odin Force is too much of an enigmatic 
see writers thing for for me to just write him off as not nah, i don't think he'd be able to stand a chance i don't i'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to stand a chance beat i'm saying like beating him it probably most likely be a close match but an overall win over ego like no like we only know about the core because ego was taking too much pride in the fact that he finally found his son to relay that information you really think that Odin would just off the bat know? But it's hey, like let me Ego get this was core. also getting stronger because he was feeding on his children. Okay. So I, I don't know. It's like Ego in his prime versus Odin in his prime for the MCU. I think it's a it's a toss up because Odin took over the nine realms, and that's part of part of that. Those nine realms is is. I like, mean that's fine and all, but he didn't have to go up against a celestial doing it. As far that's, as we know, that's my point. As far as we know. But then again, Celestials wouldn't even care about Nine Realms and the Nine Realms and stuff like that to get involved. True. They typically do their own thing. But so does Asgardians. But like like I said, like, <laughs> like there's going to be points, guys, where us, like... Uh, yeah, we just Jay won't I, agree on something. We ju- we're just going to cool. have to agree to disagree. That's the whole thing about these, these videos yeah. and stuff like that. But that's also the thing about writing... Uh, about like forces, like a speed force, or or like you know the, the enigma force, the enigma force, yeah, the, it's the such, steel force that DC's doing now. It's so open to interpretation on what's possible that it it sparks conversations like these, mm-hmm. and and it's really cool to create something like that, and it's really difficult to create something like that, and it seem original. Um, because like, like you said, DC and Marvel kind of chew up all the, like, you know, the forces that, that yeah. could be out there. And it's really, what else is Especially there to DC, do? I mean, because, like, I DC know what else the... there is to do, but I can't, I can't say what else there is to yeah. do because I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but DC definitely does like eat all that up. You yeah. Know, speed force, the, the steel force, mm-hmm. the, sh- the strength force. Uh-huh. A, a reason, a, a force for, for, for all every, existence yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's a whole different take. And it comes to show that there's still different takes on how a universe can be in uh, in how a galaxy can work. It's all about perspective, all about how one person may understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, take with something as uh, controversial as religion. Um, right. Depending on your school of thought depends on who created our world and who, and not saying that one religion is right over the other. It's it's perspective. Yeah, it's all about you know, and, your point and it, and that that comes to show how much perspective matters. I, do, I want to touch on this since, since you brought up religion. Mm-hmm. What do you think about religion? Um, I, I don't want to say as a staple in film, but like kind of like when they like how they do the whole super comparing Superman to Jesus, like the second coming. Like, what do you think? Do you do you like it when films do that? Is it I, different upon you? Like, how? So, what's your take on that? Because take- I was. Okay, so you. as as a religious person, I mm-hmm. I'm not religious for the viewers that I'm I'm spiritual, not, but I'm I'm pretty agnostic. Yeah. Um, I believe that there's a higher being, but what that being is, I can't say can't say for, and, for sure. And and yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah, I have my like, ideas, but that's a whole that's same. a that's a Thursday talk. Same, yeah, um, definitely. 
but in the aspects of characters and the parallel with Jesus Christ, I'm okay with it. For Superman, I find it undesirable because he's already a character of such high, like, aptitude. Aptitude that there's no need to put him up higher. Yeah. For our species now as a culture, we've, we brought this up in a previous video. Superman's icon is as, is more iconic than the Christian cross yeah and that says a lot and it's like, there's there's no real need to say well he's just like jesus christ and have him fall from like space in see, the crucified see, position that's that's what i was that's why i brought this up because i yeah. know everybody's right from superman returns how um i can't remember his name right now but the guy that did x-men how he did all um, that right singer singer yeah how he how he had Jesus get stabbed in the side by the kryptonite dagger, the same spot where uh, I said Jesus. Yeah, so, where Superman gets stabbed. And, and you know, the same parallel, spot Jesus. That's you how know, parallel the it whole, is. The whole falling, like, and you know, I only brought that up because that's, I, was, that's I just really, rewatched Man of Steel, and it's not as much as Superman Returns, but they definitely have hints of judo Christianity in that, especially when he well, he floats out Superman of is, the of the to, spacecraft to I, go I save think, Lois. I think Superman is honestly like a special ex- exception, and I and I say that because he is a national icon, mm-hmm. more so, un- unfortunately, more so than Captain America. Uh, Superman is a staple as American. He's a yeah. staple as Christian. He's a staple, like you know, he's a character that all faiths can look at and respect and and that's just how dc has built him up because it it, i don't know it got to some point and i think in dc's history where they decided to not have superman be and i think it was when he focused on being more of a character in justice league comics versus uh justice society of america um uh, the JSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when he transitioned over that, that was when uh, Superman became more of a humanitarian instead of do right the American way kind of uh, motif. And it's like uh, when those comics started coming out, that's also when the the whole tone and patriotism kind of started shifting. Also, uh, he's he's a byproduct of a forties, like you know. What what I Character. can say is that when when he did that cross from JSA to to JL, that whole page it it was still there. It wasn't as it wasn't as heavy the, when 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 he was created in the thirties. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like that story. My my favorite Superman story that I told you about. Um, what's so wrong about truth, freedom, and a. Truth, justice, in the American way. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that was a story that came out in the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was something very uh, patriotic. You know. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with passing a patriotic message or a religious message. You just can't smack your audience in the yeah, face. I think it. that's what I was about to add up. So we follow up with so we can get back on topic was mm-hmm. I think that I'm okay I'm personally I'm okay with it but like you said don't smack me in the face with there's a very tasteful way to do it there's yeah. a very subtle way to do it you know I don't 
yeah, it, to it's better. It's better to see these messages through the lessons that he's learning than to physically see it happening. It, it's better like, that we see him do things that lead up to him being seen like a Christ figure than him just being worshipped as a know, Christ figure because he keeps sad, saving the people. The sad thing about it was. Man of Steel set it up so beautifully. If they would have kept with yeah, how like, the course was had going. Had him do neighborhood stuff, saving cats well, out of even, trees, talking only, to kids at that, school. Like, the, the way that they just tried to set up the dichotomy between him and Jesus, I, I think what I'm trying to say is um, the speech, the Jarrell speech, as like as the climax is coming. Oh, along, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, he's like, um, you're you're here to do great things you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, i'm paraphrasing horribly but you're here to do great things uh they will look at you as a god you know they will look at you with such revere they will stumble they will fall but you will be there to help them up yeah you know in, in their darkest and, times and it's, it's unfortunate because henry cavill's superman has never really shown that yeah that's what i'm saying like, man is still set it up perfectly but how dc in their in their way, Warner Brothers, how they course corrected themselves, which isn't even a correction. It just it totally threw that off off course. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it, I mean, Snyder had it right the first time in my eyes. We're we're dealing with a guy that can literally bench press the fucking planet yeah. and hold it for ten days straight. Yeah. You know, of course, and it's his first time flying. It's his first time dealing with a villain. Of course, there's going to be mass casualties, mass casualties, but progress from there. Show in each movie, show him you kind know, of ma- like dwindle the casualties. You know what would have been better? Instead of him wandering around looking at his heritage, if he was wandering around with no suit, looking for his heritage, but throughout the movie, instead of us. Like, we know that he's looking for his heritage, but throughout the movie, he's saving people. Because Superman... I mean, we got a glimpse of that. It's in the beginning, but it's just real quick. He, We got more scenes of him saving people when he was a kid than we got of him saving people as an adult. It's kind of it's a bit even. Because he saves, um, as a kid, he saves the school bus. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, he's Drifter Joe. He saves the people on the, uh, the oil rig. On the oil rig. But I'm saying, like, it would have been nice to get more scenes of him saving people. Like, toss out the scene of him tossing the truck. That was unnecessary. Toss in the scene of him stopping a mugger. That's more necessary. It still puts emphasis like on that his, he on his deals- way to Smallville, he sees someone getting mugged. Yeah, like it, it still puts emphasis on on the fact that he doesn't like dicks and that he's looking out for the small guy. Because this is essentially what that scene showed. Right. That guy was being a dick to the chick. He didn't like it. He stood up to it. She told him chill. And it would have been far more justifiable if he stood up to a mugger than than like you know to any old random. <laughs> Yeah, but um, we'll save that for when we start doing DC's uh stuff. Yeah, but back on topic, sir. Um, I mean that was really like one of the uh last uh points. Um, one other point I guess is um that this is a family road trip thing, and that this film is uh kind of full of uh tropes like um alien abductions uh alien pirates <laughs> um but then it really caused home to really making these aliens relatable mm-hmm. uh which 
come to show because successful films have relatability. Exactly. Who knew, you know, Yondu from Guardians One would be turned out would turn out to be one of the most beloved MCU oh, characters. Who knew a talking raccoon would would be interesting? <laughs> who knew a, a tree that could only say, say three I words am Groot. <laughs> would be like one of the most, most loved, loved characters. characters ever? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so it comes totally to show agree. that relatability sells. Relatability yeah. tells stories and relatability Definitely. gets that connection for your audience to be devoted to Definitely. your your I franchise. mean, if they can see, if they're looking up on the screen and they can see their favorite heroes kind of go through the things that they're going through, even though, you know, the Guardians are in space and I'm not in space, but, you know, Quill has whatever you want to say, daddy issues, or you know he missing, he doesn't have a mom and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He missed out on his childhood, and and Rocket's totally alone. He only has Groot, who was kind of like at this point in time like his brother. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So there's people in the world that go through things like that, definitely not at an extravagant you know scale. Yeah, as being in space and going through something like that. Yeah, but there are people that don't have a family. There's people that just only have their siblings, or yep. you know what I mean. Or just and it, and it comes to show that family. Like, this is this is something like that, Gamora, that relates who to has me. A family, but who's totally and utterly alone within that family. Yeah, you know? and this is something that relates to me. That family can be created not just through blood, but through people that you meet throughout your life exactly. that you build those connections with. Exactly. But um, that was the last point. Uh, thanks for having this chat. Thanks for listening, guys. Always, always. I don't remember if I said this in part one, but uh, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And also click that bell so you guys know when our videos go up. All right. Till next time. Peace.